It's good to see you again this evening. Let me begin by expressing my gratitude for the opportunity to be with you. And beyond that, the gratitude that Nancy and I feel for the fellowship that we have in the gospel in Eastern Europe. As I begin this tonight, I have several goals in mind, several things I'd like for us to accomplish. One is, if, if, if you listen to the things we talk about and, and you look at some of these pictures and you're motivated to do more here in your community, I think that will be absolutely wonderful. If you look at these pictures and listen to some of these stories and it causes you to think, you know what, we ought to be more grateful for what we have. I think that would be wonderful. There's another goal that I have that's very, very important to me. And I think about what Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians chapter 4 about verse 17, where he talked about the fellowship that they have with him in the gospel. And he talked about fruit that abounds to their account. So as we talk about some of these things tonight, I hope you think this is what, this is what we are doing together. As you look back over, you know, as you look back over last year, and you think about what Timberland did as a church, what you accomplished, what your efforts were, I hope you'll include this stuff in it. Because the things that we're talking about tonight are absolutely things that we are doing together. And I hope you have a sense of that as we walk through some of this. I have very cleverly entitled the discussion tonight, Report. I hope you're impressed by that. What I want to do is uh, I want to start off by, by talking about some things that just have to do with, well, with, with, with normal life there. Some of the questions people ask about, you know, what, what, are, what are things like day to day? Because very often we don't have a much of, of a sense of what life is like in uh, a different country. I mean, I, I won't really ask for a show of hands because I don't want to embarrass anybody. Uh, how many of you could find Prague on a map? And if you can, if you want to just really, you know, if you really want to flex, go ahead and just, just, just put it up there big. A number of you can, some of you can't. And it's, you know, a lot of folks can't. They can't imagine what language they speak there and what life is like, and I understand that. Part of understanding what we're doing is having a little bit of a sense of that. Then I also want to spend some time talking about kind of what a normal day or a normal week is like in the work, some of the things that we're trying to do. And then conclude by talking about what we're, we're looking for in uh, the coming year. We got back, uh, got, got back last week, and we went to, uh, in Florida, we have Publix Supermarket. I don't know if Publix has made it to, to Texas or not. But uh, we, we got in there, and I was very impressed. I, I did not realize how much stronger I've gotten in the last year. Because I was able to carry about $100 worth of groceries with absolutely no trouble. Uh, I hope I don't get any stronger by next year. We, we, we've had some of the same challenges in the Czech Republic. You know, sometimes you don't like being number one. The Czech Republic has been number one. We've been number one in inflation for the last year in the European Union. And so a lot of people feel the same kind of crunch. The things that you're struggling with here, when you go in and look at that dozen eggs and you can't believe what you see, the prices of a dozen eggs, that's the same kind of thing that folks are dealing with there as well. And then other things come up like, uh, you know, if, if we want to get around in the city, what do we do? Typically, we uh, join about 700,000 other people in Prague a day riding public transportation. 
Not usually all 700,000 are on one subway car, but sometimes it does feel like it. You know, when you're standing there uh, making contact with about a dozen of your best new friends, you can kind of feel like everybody, everybody in the city is with you. The rest of the time when we're traveling, we typically travel by, by train. And traveling by train there is something that is, is, is very comfortable, it's very pleasant. It has evolved to a degree that you cannot imagine over the last 32, 33 years. In fact, now we not only sit comfortably, but we're able to work, and believe it or not, we have Wi-Fi. When we're taking trains, where are we going? Well, we might be going down near the Austrian border uh, because some folks, are, some folks are getting married. And a special occasion like that because the, the, the young lady that was getting married is, I, I remember when her mom and dad got married. And in fact, I remember when her mom and dad started dating. I remember when her mom and dad were, were, were both baptized. And that's one of the things that's running through this is a sense of there's a lot of newness and a lot of freshness in the work, but there's also continuity that goes back for, from having known some of these people for more, than, for more than 30 years. And to be able to see them and do well and to see how... Zhuja has grown up into not just a beautiful young lady, a beautiful young bride, but a beautiful young young child of God. And to see the excitement that we felt when she started dating Martin and, and they started studying the Bible together and then Martin was baptized into Christ. And he is a significant part of the work in that city. It's traveling to a place that we can just spend some time, just spend some time outside doing things like watching this fellow show me how to stalk a deer. It was kind of funny. Can, can, can you see anybody see the deer in this picture? See, I love being in a place like that because our eyes are trained to see certain things. I may have missed that same stop sign four times, but if there's a deer anywhere <laughs> within a mile, I'm, I'm going to spot that deer. That's what we're like in areas like this, isn't it? To be able to see that, he's showing me how to stalk a deer. He only found out after that that I grew up deer hunting. But anyway, it was kind of a, it, it, it was a fun conversation. Just, just nice to be able to spend time together. Having opportunities to do things like get a, get a bunch of our, our, our young kids together to come over and, and, and make cookies at Christmas time. And a fascinating thing about this is, uh, you know, when, when you've known somebody for more than 30 years, even if they were young when you first met them, by the time 30 years have passed, not only have they gotten married and had kids, but in some cases they have grandkids. And some of these are grandkids of some of the first people that we, that, that we met when we moved to Czechoslovakia so many years ago. It's being able to spend time together as Christians doing something that you, you might recognize. I'm going to teach you a Czech word. The, the, the Czech word I'm going to teach you is piknik. That's not a real hard one to learn, is it? We would pronounce it a little bit different. In fact, where I grew up, we wouldn't call it a picnic. We would call it a potluck. But being able to get together and spend time together like this and just enjoy one another's company. Or a couple of weeks ago to go to this brother's apartment to be his guest for lunch. Uh, aging, aging significantly here. Caro was an architect. It's interesting, I have no idea how old he was, how old he is, but I do know this. I was 26 years old the first time I ever met him, and at that point, I thought he was already old. 
So either I was wrong then or he's about 120. One of the real challenges of life there, especially for somebody that's, well, up in age like as Carl is or any of the older people, is just, it's just getting around. Things that we take for granted, you know, if you have mobility issues, that doesn't mean you stop eating. That doesn't mean you, need, you stop going to the doctor. What it means is you're going to have to get out when it's really, really cold and when the sidewalks are really, really slick. You're still going to have to get out and make the trip of, you know, maybe walking 100 yards to, to the closest grocery store. Challenging for, challenging for the elderly people. As I sat on a tram with this lady probably three weeks ago on a miserable, miserable day, I thought, what, what has she seen in her life? Living her life in the country like Czechoslovakia, the changes that she has seen through all of these, all of these years. I know one of the big changes that she has seen has to do with the government. And as much as the government's changed, there are some things that never change about government. And that is the fact that governments are, well, a lot of bureaucracy. Probably the greatest challenge that we have faced in the last year is dealing with our residency there. And uh, it, it's been challenging for several reasons. One problem is it's just bureaucracy, and nobody has any idea what's going on. And nobody wants to take responsibility at their own level if there's a supervisor on a higher floor that they can call in to try to sort it out. We've had that happen two times at the foreign police where we've had to go to the third level of supervisor to come down and say something absolutely ridiculous. The first time the supervisor said, well, I've been doing this 30 years, and I know the government doesn't issue this kind of visa. And the lawyer took the passport and said, you mean the government doesn't issue a visa that looks just like this one from last year? He says, oh, well, maybe the government does. Or uh, to... As happened about three weeks ago, the third level supervisor said, you know what, we've got about 700 new laws and none of us really know what they say. But then again, that's bureaucracy everywhere, right? Part of it's bureaucracy. Part of it, uh, the biggest challenge seems to come from uh, kind of an anti-American, anti-Christian bent in, in one particular case. Uh, the... The, the person who was responsible for approving our last application responded by rejecting it, and she said, they provided all the necessary paperwork, they meet all the, all the requirements, but I just don't believe Americans would move here to preach the, to, to, to preach the gospel. So I think they're doing something nefarious, and I'm going to reject their application. That got overturned uh, after about a six-month period where we were... And something called a legal fiction, I, that was a new term for me, I love that. A legal fiction, which meant we could stay in the country, but we couldn't leave because we didn't have a valid visa, which is an interesting concept all by itself. But we're blessed to have good help. We have a Christian, a brother that, that we have known for years and years, who is our lawyer, walking us through this. And after meeting, after meeting in these various places, uh, we're optimistic that things are going to turn out well. He's optimistic that... Uh, that our, our extension for two years will be given. As frustrating as this was, is, there have been some other things that, that, that cause us to be reminded of how blessed we are. Some of you may have seen this. We had a, we had a, 
terrible event very recently in Prague. In fact, the, the school building where this shooting took place was about a five-minute walk from where we worship. A couple of our young ladies were supposed to have been there, but for different reasons, they were not. But uh, a, a childhood dear friend of one of our young Christian ladies was there, and her body was the last one identified. Shocking. It's always going to be. But it's more difficult for them because they have literally never in their history had something like this happen. One of the things that different people said to me different times was, you know, Bill, that's an American thing. (laughs) That's what you folks in the States do. We don't do that here. Well, their, their, their lives have been, in many cases, changed changed forever by what they experience. And we try to encourage them and we pray for them and we hope something good might, might come from it. There was one particularly interesting conversation I had right after that with a student uh, who's she's not only an atheist, but she's a materialist. And so she decided to ask me, she said, how can something like that happen? Now, of course, I could have given her the materialist answer. You know, so there's all some physical processes taking place in the brain, some chemicals move this way instead of this way, and this is what happened. But it's a terka. There, there's, there's something that really does exist called evil. And evil is what you see in play here. And she was really struggling with that. She was trying to process that because that does not fit her worldview, that evil can actually exist. And so you think maybe something like that can make a change. Also, people ask us fairly, fairly often about the impact of the war in the Ukraine. Uh, Czech Republic has 10 million people. We've got a little over a million in Prague. We still have about 400,000 Ukrainian refugees that are there. And so, yes, that impacts absolutely every aspect of life. As has been the case with every other country in that part of Europe, with the exception of Hungary... All of these countries have been incredibly supportive in every way, including financially. Uh, One of the things the Czech Republic has done is it has provided a living wage for these 400,000 refugees that are there because of the the, the strength, the depth to which they feel a sense of support for them. It shows up, uh, you know, whether we're riding a tram that says support Ukraine on the side or whatever. They've been every aspect of life impacted by that. Uh, the the situation in Gaza. You wouldn't think about that having an impact on the Czech Republic, but it has because of the huge student population there. The city of Brno, with a population normally of about 450,000, has a student population of 100,000. And many of these students, in fact, the majority of these students are international students. And so you you see things like you wouldn't expect, like like pictures of the hostages being put up and people come and tearing those down for different reasons. Uh, uh, Czech television vandalized because they called Hamas terrorists. A couple of weeks ago, there was a pro-Hamas rally a couple of blocks from our apartment, very, very well attended there. And so all of these things are having an impact on, you know, but this is, this is what life is like right now. That's not why we're here, though. I realize that. What is the work that we're doing together? The work that we're doing together, and when you think about preaching, whether you're thinking about, you know, your guys here, whether you're thinking about Harold and Reagan, well, you preachers, what do they do? They preach. We come on Sundays and they stand up in front of everybody and, and they preach, right? 
And that is, a very real, that is a very real part of the work. And one of the several groups that we're involved with on a regular basis is a, a, group, in, is a group in Prague. And I like this picture. Uh, I'm not sure it's Nancy's favorite, but I like it. Uh, it b b because it shows a sense of, of, of history as well as uh, not just a continuity, but the future as well. These folks that are sitting on the front here, uh, I've... Uh, I've known them for more than 30 years. The, the young couple sitting behind them, the young lady with, the, I guess, the striped sweater on. I get in trouble when I start trying to describe clothes. Anyway, young couple sitting kind of behind them there. Chris was an atheist up until about five years ago. On the other hand, his, his wife, who is to his left, is another example of a young lady that I've known all of her life. I remember when her, you know, her, 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 the same thing, uh, families going back that long, some of the other young people that are there, wonderful opportunities that we have in Prague because of this, this maturity and energy. The church in Brno, a place that we are regularly, reminds me a whole lot of the church in Philadelphia from the letters to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3. They've never been huge in number. They've always faced some, some, some real challenges but they've always been strong. It's an interesting group. Uh, Sean, I did, I, I did remember this. Uh, this fellow happens to be a veterinarian. He specializes in, in, in bovine research. Interesting guy. Some of you would probably enjoy, probably enjoy getting to, to meet him and talk to him. Fascinating opportunities there, fascinating challenges. Uh, I'll talk more about the lectures in just a little bit. One of the most interesting aspects of the worship there, though, is our, 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 is our setting. I'm sure I've mentioned this before at some point in the past. But th th this room is absolutely tiny. In fact, it's far bigger it looks far bigger in this picture than it really is. It's uh, probably from here to the other side of the platform here, the, 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 the biggest part of it. Sometimes in the winter it's cold enough that you never get around to taking your coat off because it just never warms up enough. And the, 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 there's a pizza place right beside it, and smoking's not allowed in the European Union. So the guys bring their, their beers out and their cigarettes, and they use the... Our, our little window ledge of where we're worshiping, they use that to, you know, they use that to put their beer while they're finishing up their cigarette. And, it, you know, we're, we're from here to there. But what do you do? You hope and pray that they hear something, that they listen, that something's going to touch their lives from the, the lyrics of a song or, or words from a prayer or words from the Scripture, that that's going to be an opportunity. Probably the most exciting thing that's happened in the last few months uh, is in the, the, a small mountain city of Yablonets. Uh, I'm going to ask everybody to try to pronounce that later. Yablonets is up on the, the, the Polish and German border in the very northern part of the country, and uh, it's, it, it's a beautiful place. Sometimes it gets kind of cold up there. This is the first Sunday we went up for the first official new worship in this new work up there. Exciting opportunities and a reminder of the power of the gospel and the commitment of a disciple. This, this fellow uh, here was baptized maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. It's kind of like when your central unit goes out and you're frustrated and you think, well, I, it hadn't been but about six years since I bought it. And then you find out it was really 15. Uh, but but, but fa fairly recently he was converted Amazing, amazing guy. You'd never look at him and guess that he had been an MMA fighter or that he was in the Czech equivalent of the FBI as a bomb disposal expert. 
just a, a friendly, warm, quiet guy. And when he first became a Christian, they lived about an hour from Brno, and they were driving to Brno to worship, and that, that was a really good situation. But then they needed to move up into the mountains. And we thought, well, what's, you know, what's going to happen with Tomas and, and Andrea and, and uh, Eliash and Sarah, their children, when they're up there? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Tomas started talking about Jesus to everybody and anybody who would listen to him. And pretty soon he's got some people that will, will study with him. And before long they started baptizing some people. And now enough people have been converted in this city that we, there, there, there's a new work that we're, that we're working on establishing there. Now Tomas is finding out how challenging that can be. I, you know, I won't ask for a show of hands, but just think about it. I don't know if anybody in here has ever started a new work from the ground up in a city where there's not one. But even some of the logistical issues connected to that we're working through are some, some pretty, pretty interesting, pretty fascinating things. In fact, the second Sunday we were there, the room that we were supposed to get was occupied by a, 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 a gaming tournament of some sort. I don't remember what computer game it was, but it was something like that. But the lady said, don't worry, I've got another room that you can use. And she did, and it had a chair, it had chairs and it had a table. And I don't know if you can tell much about the, the, the chairs and the table here. The, 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 this is Rupert. Rupert is not eight feet tall. Rupert's, uh, maybe, Rupert's probably about 5'10". And so you get a sense of the furniture that we were, we were using on that particular day. It was cold. We had visitors that, that we were you know, just trying to make contact with that showed up. Uh, I, I was made to feel special. Tomas looked at me, and he looked at the chairs, and he went back out, and somewhere he found one normal-sized stool. And he brought that normal-sized stool back in the room for me to, for me to sit on. It's really an exciting opportunity and to see these people. Rupert, you may think, well, Rupert, that's not a very Slavic-sounding name. It's not because he's, he's English. He's married to a Czech lady. He teaches English in a school there. And uh, he's, a, he, he, he's a fascinating guy. The first Sunday, the first Sunday we actually met for worship, he had agreed to lead a prayer. And it was, it was wonderful. You know, I, I'll use myself as an example. I, quote, grew up in the church. That means I, never, I cannot remember a time when I wasn't hearing other people pray publicly. And so one of the things that we do is we kind of develop a special sort of a special vocabulary and a special rhythm of words that we use and phrases that we may have heard from somebody else that we like. And so we, we integrate those into our own prayers. See how carefully I'm, I'm avoiding the word cliche. Uh, Rupert doesn't have any of that background. He's just somebody who's come to understand that praying is, that, that's my opportunity to talk to God. And I get to tell God what, what, what I'm thinking about and what I care about. And, and he was, he was going to pray again. He was going to participate in another service and, and beforehand, and, and he, he prepares in advance for this. He said, you know, I, I've spent this week studying everything I can find in the Bible about courage. Would it be okay if I prayed about us being courageous? <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that, that, that would be a really nice thing, a really nice thing for us to pray about. So Yablinets is uh, and it's an exciting opportunity. 
We're still having opportunities to, not, not, not up in the mountains, but up in the highlands. The Czech highlands are different from the Czech mountains. They're both pretty nice. But going up there and special opportunities and this whole, this whole farmhouse, this whole farm complex there, that the people who own it have dedicated a, a lot of time and energy and, and treasure to making it a place where Christians can come together for extended weekends of study. One of the things that makes it a little bit different is every Sunday when we're there, we have several visitors from the community that are not Christians. And they come in and they listen intently and, and, and they often come to some of our other Bible studies. One of the older ladies that's there, has, she, has beautiful, she has beautiful flowers. And so every Sunday she brings a little bouquet for every, every lady that's, that's attending, uh, attending that morning as really just her way of saying, you know, even though I'm not one of you folks, there's a lot that I appreciate about you. And we're, we're hopeful and prayerful that at some point, uh, at, at, at some point they, will be, they will be baptized. The studies that we have on a regular basis are often fascinating. Uh, things that they request. For example, we may do, not long ago we did uh, intercalations from, from the Gospel of Mark or Mark sandwiches. They were fascinated by that. The, the literary structure of Mark is absolutely amazing when you understand how he uses that device. Uh, we, uh, and I'm going to suggest, you know, you might want to ask Reagan to do this one at, at some point, or Harold. One of, one of the ladies there said, you know, I'm reading through my Bible and the different translations, and I'm noticing all the body parts the Bible talks about. So, you know, it talks about the heart. It talks about the mind. Some translations have it talking about the bowels and all of these things. Could we do a special study just on body parts in the Bible? So again, you know, that's an, an idea for you guys. Actually, it's a legit study. It's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting study. Uh, I call the, 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 the kids' class there. That's, that's, not, that's not everybody, but every Tuesday night, this is, about, this is about three and a half hours of our life with some of our young people, not as young as they used to be, uh, the guy on the left here is the one who literally keeps the Internet functioning in the Czech Republic. Kaka's just started on her dissertation for her Ph.D. As, uh, in, in engineering some kind of special concrete process that she's developing and is, is putting together. But again, you know when you get old, everybody looks young and everybody's a kid. These are, our, th th these are some of our kids. Not just the in-person studies, but some interesting opportunities that have continued to evolve online. Uh, does anybody remember a couple of years ago we had something called COVID? Is it too early to make COVID jokes? Not absolutely everything that came out of it was bad. One of the things we figured out is we could use technology in different ways than we had before to, to study the Bible together. And I'm not talking about streaming worship service. We've got, we've, we've got at least a couple of studies a week that involve people from multiple countries. This particular Wednesday night study that we have where we did the, we, we did the epistles of, of John and now we're doing some character studies from the Gospel of John. We've got people on a fairly regular basis. Uh, we have people from Bulgaria, from Moldova... Uh, sometimes from Austria, from the Czech Republic. We've got another study where we have people from Belgium. Uh, we, we've got, you know, about eight different countries, people coming together for these online Bible studies. 
that would not be able to do that. And so that's been a pretty, that, that, that's been a pretty positive, a pretty exciting thing. Another opportunity that has arisen recently involves not only one of these, but some lectures hopefully coming up in, in, in Belgium with some of the Christians that are, some of the Christians that are there. Uh, exciting as well. But we never lose sight of the fact of how important it is to spend time with our young people. And again, I know, again, this is something we've talked about in the past. I, I guarantee it's true. If I come back next year, I'm going to talk about it again too. Parents, young people, it, 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 you're so blessed to have each other. Now, sometimes you may irritate each other. You may get irritated at each other's kids and all that, you know. But you're so blessed to have each other. Many of these kids, if not most of these kids, are growing up, going to schools where, where they're the only kid in their whole class whose parents believe in God, and sometimes they're the only kid in the whole school whose parents believe in God. The idea of being a Christian is something that is absolutely ridiculed, mocked, and seen as being destructive. And we, we get frustrated sometimes at, at what we recognize as an anti-Christian bias that we encounter, and we do. But it's really, for the most part, at a different level over there. See, I'm talking about things tonight about people responding well, responding positively. Not everybody does. I've had it happen a couple of times since I've been there. There have been people that I've met for the first time, like in the coffee shop or wherever, and we'll start kind of getting acquainted and communicating well, and then, then I'll mention that I'm a Christian, and they will be shocked and, and, and horrified. I had one young lady say, and she was serious, she was dead serious. She said, but Bill, I thought you were a good person. Only difference was finding out that I identify as a Christian. Now imagine you're not a 60-year-old hillbilly getting that kind of response. I'm really only 59. Imagine you're a 12-year-old girl in school and somebody's reacting to you that way. Imagine how, how, how powerful and painful that would be. And so we take every opportunity we can to spend time with our young people and get our, our young people to spend time together because that is, so, that is so important to them. And sometimes it's just spending time together, just doing things so we can talk. You know, I, I don't know what you guys are like, but some guys, Czech guys are like this. If somebody says... We need to sit down across the table from each other and look at each other in the face and have a serious conversation. They start getting kind of uncomfortable. And by the way, folks in Florida were like that too. Guys in Florida were like that. I don't know, I don't know about East Texas. But in, in Florida, where I was preaching before we moved to the Czech Republic, if one of our deacons came up to me and said, Bill, we need to go fishing in the morning, I knew two things. One thing I knew was... <laughs> He, he knows a sweet spot. We're going to catch some largemouth in the morning. And the second thing I knew was he's got something we, we need to talk about. A whole lot easier to have a talk sometimes if you're just walking down a path together. If you, you know, you, you're climbing on some rocks together. For guys to have that kind of conversation, and we spend a lot of time doing things like that. One of the more interesting stories over the last couple of weeks, over the last three weeks, has had to do with this Bulgarian couple, and that's, you know, they know how to play with their backgrounds on Skype. 
they're, they're Bulgarian. They, they live in the UK. I've mentioned them before. He's a, he's a physicist that works at an institute there. I've known them for a few years now, and I have no idea how many online Bible studies we've had. And I knew that they had a son. I'd never seen their son before. He was a teenager when we started studying together. He was never interested in, in anything to do with the Bible studies. And, uh, you know, they kind of felt like when he, when, he, when he left to go away to school, he went to the University of Bath. And, uh, that, you know, that, they thought they'd probably just lost him forever. But he met some other young people when he got to school there that got him thinking about spiritual things. And a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now, I guess, we were getting ready for our Saturday study, and uh, his, his father, Andre, wrote me and said, hey, Bobo, that's what they call their son, it's a Bulgarian name, Bobo's going to join us for the Bible study today. So Bobo joined us for the Bible study for the first time ever, and he had good questions he wanted to ask about evidences for the historicity of Jesus and the resurrection and things in connection with that. The next week he says, hey, you know, can I join you guys again for another Bible study, another really good discussion, conversation. A lot of positive things about that, including, you know, sometimes parents get discouraged and sometimes maybe they're kind of at wit's end and maybe even ready to get, give up. And you just never know. You never know. The power of the right influence, the power of a, of a passion for Christ in your own life. Uh, the Saturday before I left, we had another one of our weekend, one of our Saturday studies in Prague, where Christians come from all over the country, and we spend the entire day in uh, in, in Bible study of something. Uh, the, the last one, there was a, 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 a wonderful little book by a scholar named G.K. Beale that wrote a book uh, entitled "You Become or You Are What You Worship," and he takes a couple of the expressions in Psalms that, that, that state that. One of the, you know, one of the terrible dangers of idolatry isn't just that you're worshiping the wrong thing, but we begin to take on the personality and the character of what we worship. And so we spent a Saturday talking about these principles from the Scriptures. Uh, our lectureship series are continuing. In, in Brno in particular, we continue to have a great turnout. Uh, we, had a, we had a lecture. I guess the, the, the next to last lecture that I was there, we only had about 15 or 16 visitors you know, coming in from the outside, and afterwards we were standing around trying to figure out what we did wrong. You know, did, did, did we advertise it wrong? Did, did we not do a great job picking our subject or something like that? And I said, guys, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed too, but you know what? When, when we're frustrated that, you know, we only had 15 or 16 people walk in the street to hear us talking about some, some things connected to uh, uh, archaeology in the Bible, history in the Bible, tracing the life of Christ through through those things, then things are still going. That things are still going pretty pretty well. Uh, continue to occasionally get some uh, some some studies afterwards out of that. Excited about that for going back. The lectures in Prague continue to grow. We continue to get a, a wide variety of people showing up. It was really cool. The last one we did, we had a lady who's probably about. I'd guess about 30-something, somewhere between 30 and 50. Uh, I'm not very good at guessing ladies' ages either. She showed up, and she had her kid that's like 12 or 13 years old, and, you know, they're sitting there, and, and they're both taking notes together, and the kid's listening, and you're, just, you're excited about things like that that happen. Another development that has uh, come along fairly recently is that once a month we get together in our apartment. The Christians from Prague come uh, for a Bible study there. We weren't sure how that was all going to to, to, to work out when we started it, but we're blessed to have an, a, an apartment 
centrally located and, and, and large enough that we can have everybody come in and uh, almost everybody comes every time. The kids seem to enjoy it. They have their own place to sit. We've, we've got kind of a funny tradition that developed there. You know, it took Nancy a little while before our house sold and she was able to get over. And uh, so I, I was there hosting these on my own. And I'm, I'm not a terrible housekeeper, but the thought of vacuuming steps just never occurred to me and, and, and probably still wouldn't. Uh, so the kids decided to help out. They would start at the top of the stairs and they would slide down them. And when their parents were asking them what they were doing, they would say, we're helping, we're helping Mr. Bill or Uncle Bill, depending on which kid it is. We're helping, we're helping Mr. Bill clean his house. And uh, I thought that was really funny and their moms didn't. But, but, now that's, that, but now that's where they sit and participating and reading and helping with that. We, it's one of the studies we've been doing with the little study guide that Florida College Press published for me called Complex Characters. And so it, it's wound up being a really positive thing that we've been able to, that we've been able to do together. Our summer series, uh, we spend a, a, a week every, every summer. People come in from, it, it's reached the point of literally around the world. Last summer we had people from 12 countries and three different continents that came in for that. And it is such, an, it's such a special week for them. For reasons, again, that it's kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around. One of the guys that comes every year is, he, he's in his, I guess, mid-60s now probably. He's from Lithuania, and his name is Kastutis. And his, his spiritual life, his spiritual family relationship there consists of this. Sunday morning, he gets up in his, his home city, which is Vilnius, and he drives an hour to another city named Konas, where there's, there's one lady there who is also a New Testament Christian, and they worship together, and he drives home. And that, that, that's what his, his assembly opportunities are like. And so when he has the opportunity to come, even at significant expense to himself, to come and spend a week with Christians from literally all over the world and have that, you know, just sing together and pray together and study together, that's, that is literally, if you ask his students, you know, what, what is the week in the year that you look forward to more than anything else? I guarantee you, Kastutis would pick out this week. Uh, again, we, we, we have people from all over Europe. Uh, we, have, uh, we have some people from North America, some people from South America coming in. We, uh, we, we talked about 2 Corinthians this year. A lot of young people coming in. The ladies have opportunities to get together. And uh, that, that's an important thing to us. I want to say just a little bit about Bulgaria before I move on. I have, I have not lost track of the clock. I was, I, was, I was trying not to see it for a while, but I accidentally saw it a minute ago. So I'm going to keep up with that. We were not able to spend as much time in Bulgaria as we had planned because of our visa situation. We, we couldn't leave the country. Uh, but we were, were able to spend some time there, uh, including some time with... with this on the right over here, who's been a, a stalwart of the church in Bulgaria for a long, long time. We did have a, a day that was an especially wonderful day. And it's not because the ladies were teaching Nancy which, which grass to pick to make tea out of. It's because of what was happening on the right side over here. The three ladies that are all dressed in white are not dressed in white because they wanted to match that day. All three of them had decided they wanted to be baptized into Christ. And each one has an interesting story. The youngest of the three was a granddaughter of one of the older couples in the church. Uh, the 
her parents, her family situation's a mess. Does that, does that make sense in East Texas if I say a family's a mess? You know what I mean by a family being a mess? Her family's a mess. But the grandparents had done all, of they, all that they could to try to provide a spiritual environment for her, and they got to see her decide she wanted to be baptized. Encouragement doesn't matter what country you're in. The older teenager who was baptized started attending the assemblies because one of her friends from school was a Christian and wasn't ashamed to tell people that she was a Christian and lived a life that was compatible enough with being a Christian that it attracted this young lady to come and and start visiting the services, and, and she was baptized. And the oldest one of the group, her name is Radostina, which basically translates as joy, uh... She was working with one of our, our young men there, a wonderful young man from Ghana named Samuel. And she started attending the services. We started having some conversations, Samuel studying with her, other good things are going on. And uh, in the process of that, Radostina and Samuel got married. But on this day, something else very wonderful happened. And I, it's, a, it's another, you know, context matters in how things are said. I'm going to give you an example of that. Radostina comes up out of the water. Everybody's hugging her, you know, you know all that. It's her husband. It's Samuel's turn to hug her, and Samuel's got tears running down his eyes, and he hugged her, and he said, now you're my sister too. Context. Context matters. Wonderful, wonderful day. Again, Christians from, Christians from around the world there. We've got folks from about six different countries that are together. I will say one more word about the group there, the diversity. The Bulgarians make up more of the group than anybody else, but after that it's a combination of Russians and Ukrainians. Russians and Ukrainians aren't necessarily the best buddies right now. But these Russians and Ukrainians recognize that their citizenship is in a higher place and they love each other and they take care of each other and they sit beside each other in the rows and they sing together and pray together. They take care of each other, including taking care of Misha here. Misha has uh, th- about the worst case of rheumatoid arthritis I've ever seen in somebody that's actually able to get around. If, if, if Misha were to, 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 to come in the door back there and try to make his way to the front, uh, it, I, I, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that it would probably take him six or seven minutes. That's how much, how slowly he would move as he shuffled along and, and used his hands as he went from pew to pew to try to make his way down from the front. From his tram stop, where he gets off to where we worship, is probably a couple of hundred yards across one of the busiest streets in Sofia. I, I, don't, I don't know how he does it. And then where we actually meet is up more than 20 steps. And he makes his way up the steps. And I have known Misha now for, I guess, close to 20 years. And I've never seen him when he didn't have a smile on his face. I've never seen him when he wasn't glad to be there. Let me quickly wrap all of this up. I got this next slide for people that just, you know, that just want to crunch numbers. What's going on? We, we have the lectures on a regular basis. Never less than six and 20 plus is what we hope for. The assemblies, the various places, not counting Sophia, which is the largest. We have, you know, between 40 and 50 there. Uh, from anywhere from 10 to 30 with Christians and non-Christians. 
We have the special studies every couple of months. We have anywhere from, from 20 to 35. We probably had closer to 40. Uh, again, the, the, the last Saturday before I came, we have regularly people that are not Christians that, that, that visit there. The regular studies involve people from about eight different countries. Some of them are just with a couple of people. Some of them are, are with as many as 20 people, Christians and non-Christians. The summer study, uh, minimum of 50 to who knows how many, and you know about 10 different countries. Uh, sometimes last year we wound up having 12, a little bit of a surprise. Coming year, what are we looking forward to? Uh, hopefully more of the same. We've had enough conversions and I'm looking at starting a first principles class and just really basic things for some of these folks. Being even more involved in the new work in Yablonets. Uh, another exciting thing that's happened is we, we were contacted by a library in a small, in a, in a small town, a town of about 10,000 outside of Prague, that found out about the lectures we were doing and wanted to know if it might be possible for us to come do some lectures in the library there. We said, yeah, we think we can work that into our schedule. And uh, spending some more time, spending some more time in Bulgaria with the Christians there, and uh, you know, it's we're, we're excited about the opportunities that we have, and, and and looking forward, looking forward to what's coming up, uh, what we anticipate and pray for in the year to come. And all of this is true because of the importance of of the gospel. All of this is true, and all of this is possible. The relationships are possible because of what the gospel does in changing lives and bringing people together. One of the most recently converted people in Prague was talking about the, the, the church in Prague recently. And he said, you know, it's so amazing. He said, if you look at the personalities and the backgrounds of the people that make up the church in Prague, they have nothing else in common except the gospel. There's nothing else that could have possibly brought them together other than that. And he said, look at the relationship that they have through Jesus. The relationships that we have, the hope that we have, the access to the Father that we have, all of these, all of these through the gospel, all of these through what Jesus did for us on the cross. And even in a meeting like this tonight, where I assume that, that, that you know, most of the folks here are probably Christians, there may be somebody here that's not. What we would like to do is, is take this opportunity to invite you to have your sins washed away through the blood of Jesus. Become a child of God tonight. Have the spiritual blessings, including the wonderful hope that we have through Him. And if you would like to do that, if you would like to become a Christian tonight, I guarantee you the folks here would, be, would very happily assist you in that. There may be a Christian here who has a spiritual need in, in your life tonight that you need to address. Do whatever it takes to be sure that you're right with God. And if you have a need that, that we can help you address now, won't you let it be known as we stand and sing the song that Eric's announced?